Well, howdy y'all. Welcome to the back porch. I guess welcome back to the back porch. Uh, Of course, this is episode number 32 of Once Upon a Time in Texas. I am your host, Michael Mitchell. Now, we all know this famous song, The Devil Went Down to Georgia. He was looking for a soul to steal. He was in a bind because he's way behind. He was willing to make a deal. Anyway, you guys know that famous Charlie Daniels song, Devil Went Down to Georgia. But did you know that in 1960, he visited Caperl, Texas, or Caperl, Texas? Yes, folks. They had a heat burst that hit Caperl, and it was so intense that everyone in town thought Armageddon had started and Satan himself had landed on their fair town. So I'm going to tell you all a little bit about what they call Satan's storm and a few other weather events here in the great state of Texas. So buckle up, because it could get a little windy. (laughs) Well, my wife says it's always windy when I get to talking, so she thinks she's really funny, but I don't think so. (laughs) So before we jump into the weather, though, I want to thank our sponsors, of course, me and American Mortgage Company, I know there are tons of people moving to and in Texas, and I know a lot of you do too. Let me help them out. So I am an independent mortgage loan originator working with American Mortgage Company. Um, We help people finance their dream homes. And so you guys have heard before, you know, what I do and kind of how I do it as an independent. But, you know, we really do have our clients' best interest at heart. Um, Just closed some friends of mine... uh, Young couple buying their first house together. Uh, It was awesome. I was able to give away some points, help them on their interest rate a little bit. And of course, you know, nobody's real happy with their interest rates. But I told them, I said, hey, go ahead and get you a house. We'll just refinance it in a couple of years. And so that's what we're doing. And so they're thrilled. And it turns out that I didn't know it at the time until I got the contract. The house they fell in love with was the house of some other friends. Um, that had purchased another house a few months ago and had moved uh, across town to be closer to uh, their parents. And uh, so this young couple was able to pick up their old house and everybody's happy. (laughs) So anyway, you know, and again, uh, this friend of mine, I joked with her a lot about wearing me out. Uh, She'd called me, I don't know, probably 15 times in one day. And I don't know, time number 14 or 15, I picked it up. And I said, girl, you are wearing me out. And so then she blamed it on her her fiance. You know, well, he had questions. (laughs) Turned out it was pretty much all her. But uh, anyway, you know, if you're listening, you know who you are. Glad I could help. It was great. It was a great day. Can't wait to come over and uh, come see your new house and be a part of that. But anyway, so for those of y'all out there that may know somebody moving to or in Texas, why not send them to somebody who's faster, cheaper, and easier, and at least a little entertaining? You know, somebody like me. Send them over to themichaelmitchell.com, T-H-E, michaelmitchell.com. Let me help them out. Remember, when you work with me, I sell dreams not mortgages. Doesn't that sound nice? Sell dreams, not mortgages. Working with another friend of mine that I've, I've known for years and years and years. Um, 
They've always had a little bit of a tough credit situation. They finally got their credit back up to where it needs to be. Life is pretty good for them. And they said, man, we'd like to buy a house. And she went, oh my God, I'm going to call Mike. And, uh, you know, they were very nervous. Uh, They didn't quite know where their credit was, what they'd be able to uh, qualify for. And I was able to get them an answer pretty quick um, within a few hours. Pulled their credit and bam, uh, they're out looking for houses. Uh, Been on the phone with her a little bit this morning. She's a little disgusted that they haven't found the right house yet. And so I know that's a little discouraging sometimes, but I just told her to keep the faith. You know, these other houses that aren't working out aren't meant to be your houses. So she's uh, she's sitting back a little bit, taking stock of uh, what's going on. And I told her, I said, look, the right house is going to pop up, fall in your lap, and then you're just going to laugh and go, all these other petty houses just weren't for us. And so anyway, so there you go. Two little mortgage stories this morning, making it happen for people as best I can. So... There are lots of sayings in Texas about the weather, and uh, the first one that I've heard a lot, um, there's the old saying or joke that if you don't like the weather in Texas, wait a minute and it will change. And man, that is so true. Uh, I know here in the northwestern part of the state um, where I live, uh, up in Wichita Falls, we have what we call popcorn storms because basically they just kind of pop up like popcorn. Um, I can't tell you how many times we've had a 0% chance of rain and I'll be outside working or inside working, just doing something. And then you hear thunder and you're like, what? And then you, you know, of course we all run outside to see what's going on because maybe it was just a trash truck a little too close or, you know, maybe it was the planes from Shepard air force base. Then you go outside and you're like, huh? Nope. And then you check the radar and you're like, well, I'll be dang. There's this little storm just popped up out of nowhere. And sometimes they can be mild and just come in and drop a little rain, reduce the temperature for a little bit, and then they blow on. And if you're working outside, then it's about 4,000% humidity and you're just dripping sweat. Other times they blow up to be big storms really quick. uh, And you get a torrential downpour with tons of lightning and wind. Like they just, you know, they're crazy. We actually had one not too long ago that that was a microburst. Um... If you don't know what a microburst is, you need to look it up because holy smokes, it's it's kind of like a tornado, but not a tornado. Uh, it blew away a shopping center. I actually blew the roof off of one of my rent houses, which I've got to call that guy today. I need to make a note here. Um, but yeah, I mean, significant amounts of damage in a very localized area. Uh, and basically it just, uh, the, the storm is collapsing and creates extremely high winds, uh, you know, in a very localized area. And so people are calling it the finger of God storm. Cause I guess God just reached down and kind of went boop, just <laughs> right in one little spot. I ended up spending a day, um, cutting tree limbs down, uh, and off of people's roofs over, uh, in a friend's neighborhood, and then had some clients that had done a loan with me to purchase their house, which was only a half block away. And they said, hey, you know, if you've got your chainsaw and ladder out, we could sure use you. And so I went over there and crawled up on their roof and uh, cut a giant tree limb. They got lucky to you. This tree limb fell on their roof. Didn't really do any damage at all. Um, 
And so I cut that off. And so I reminded them how many mortgage loan originators or loan officers are out here with chainsaws crawling up on roofs, helping you guys trim this stuff off. We also have uh, dry lines here. Um, we're not the only place in the world that has dry lines, but we've got one that's pretty active and it basically moves back and forth east to west. Um, and just in a matter of minutes, when the dry line moves through, you know, there's usually a little bit of wind, but it drops the humidity just significantly. And then the wind starts blowing and you basically feel like you're in a hairdryer. And then overnight, the dry line moves back the other way and you can just feel the humidity go back up. It's just, it's the strangest thing. And, and we have it here a lot of the time. We, we haven't had it much here this summer, but a lot of times uh, spring and fall, I mean, you'll just feel it move back and forth. You can feel the humidity drop and you'll go, oh man, it's so hot and dry. And then, you know, that evening you can be sitting out on the, uh, out on the porch and you can just feel it move back through and boom. Then it's just all sticky and you start sweating. But, you know, I mean, small price to pay for living in one of the greatest states in the United States, I guess. We do have some other fun sayings that I've picked up over the years. You know, things that I've heard. It's drier than a popcorn fart. Uh, that was one of my favorites. Um, hotter than two rats humping in a wool sock on a tin roof. Um, of course, there's some other ones that I'm sure lots of people heard, you know, colder than a witch's titty in a brass bra and then of course if it's even colder than that you know she's doing push-ups in the snow uh if it's really fair weather outside i've heard people say man the weather's finer than a froggy hair split four ways i don't know where we come up with this crap uh i did hear another one the other day that i really liked that said it's brain damage hot outside for some of you, I'm afraid it's already too late. <laughs> so not only is that insulting because it's so hot outside, uh, you're also insulting the person you're talking to uh, in kind of a polite way. So um, another one that I heard was uh, it's hotter than a theater full of hormonal women at a magic mic viewing. <laughs> so... I don't know if there's torrential downpour I've heard, man, it's a real turd floater outside or it's a real toad strangler. Uh, there's just all kinds of weather sayings and you just got to, you, you've just got to, you know, figure out which one works for you. Cause they're all funny. Here's another one that I just found. It was so windy when I was walking into the gym, I got blown into the liquor store. <laughs> Oh, man. So there you go. Um, fun stuff. All right, so let's let's get into this. I'm, I'm tired of joking around here. So there's the joke. You know, we talked about the humidity. You know, if you don't like the weather in Texas, wait a minute and it'll change. And it really does. I mean, we are in some cases really a land of extremes because we do go from way out in West Texas around El Paso where it's typically very arid, you know, dry, hot to the Piney Woods in East Texas, where it's very humid, um, lots of water typically. And so uh, to North Texas and even over in the Panhandle, which is all kinds of goofy sometimes to even down on the coast. So we're kind of all over just because we're a big state. And we've talked about all the, um, the different um, ecosystems and stuff we have here. It really is a cool state. 
So why am I bringing all this up? Why am I rambling on? Sorry, guys. It's We're 12 minutes in. I'm kind of rambling a bit. So the reason I bring all this up is because we're in a drought right now. Again, though, so keep in mind, we're almost always in some sort of drought. I mean, we could have huge amounts of rain, you know, a week ago, and then we'd be like, yep, we're down to 93% in our lakes. You know, we're in the, in the cautious drought, you know, whatever. I forget all the stupid drought ratings. But they do have ratings, and I always have to go look them up. I'm not going to right now. So the idea for this particular podcast came this weekend, this Labor Day weekend, as I sat in a bulldozer, which, to be honest, that's a dream come true for me because I've always wanted to run a big bulldozer. And uh, yeah, uh, I was helping my folks dig out their tanks or, or ponds. Some people around the country call them ponds. Apparently in Texas, we call them tanks. And... Um, they've gone dry. They've silted in over the years, pretty significantly over the years. And, uh, you know, my dad's a doctor out in Henrietta. He was talking to a friend and neighbor who's also a pharmacist in town. And he was telling him we really need to dig out our ponds. And this guy came like a knight in shining armor, except he wasn't on a horse. He was on his bulldozer. Had a big old Caterpillar D6T um which I guess is turbo bulldozer. And the thing is just awesome. He lives, I don't know, two or three miles north of my parents. And he just drove it down there to the ranch. And uh, yeah, I went to work in it. And we dug out one pond, I don't know, probably eight or 10 feet. And then the other one, we dug out four or five, at least what we could. That one is still spring fed. So it still had a little bit of water and was really muddy. Um, the guy we borrowed the dozer from came down to help us. And actually, after telling us with great authority that you just can't hardly get this thing stuck, he went down there and got it stuck in about 20 minutes. And uh, I told Dad, I said, man, I'm so glad it was him and, and not us that got that dozer stuck. But then he runs back up to his house and gets uh, one of the biggest John Deere tractors I think I've ever seen, which I also got to drive. <laughs> and uh, he went and got it and just yanked that bulldozer right out of the mud like it was nothing. And so uh, I'm very jealous of this guy's toys and I'm glad that he is a friend and I'm glad that he's leaving his dozer at my parents' house for at least the foreseeable future because he doesn't have a need for it. So he said, I'll just leave it down there. Woo. So anyway, so this came to me because we're, we're in, you know, we're in a drought. We're digging out the ponds. It's dry. And so uh, I got to thinking about weather events and just a few that I've lived through and I thought I'd talk about them. So we're going to hit on two, but then we're going to get into this Satan storm. All right. So the, the first weather event um, actually lasted for about five years. And so from 2010 to 2015, we had a huge drought and, and it affected a huge part of Texas. Uh, it really affected us here, and I'll get into to how. Um, but it does not equally compare to like, well, it actually does kind of compare close to the 1930s Dust Bowl and even the 1950s drought where uh, famous author Elmer Kelton wrote the classic novel, The Time It Never Rained. But the 2010 to 2015 drought was really significant nonetheless, May not have been as bad as the Dust Bowl uh, or even the 1950s drought, but really it came because of, of water. And, and I mean, that sounds stupid to say, but 
our total water reserves right here in Wichita Falls and surrounding areas dropped to 19%. And I think that's high. Like at one time, I know we were down close to 10%. And so what did we do? A, a friend of mine named Daniel Nix, uh, who's on the water department. I forget exactly his title, but he's pretty high up with the water department here. They installed uh, what they called the emergency water reuse project that basically rerouted all of our sewer water, um, cleaned it up, and then it got pumped out to Lake Arrowhead, which is, I don't remember, 10, 12 miles from here. And then they pumped it back. So after it goes into the lake, and I forget there was a whole reason why it had to go into the lake, but it goes out to the lake and, you know, gets dumped in the lake and then it gets sucked back up somewhere else and it gets pumped back into town to a special treatment plant um, where the water's cleaned up extremely well and then pumped back out into drinking water. And this actually really saved us. But when I was talking to... Uh, to Daniel, he said really part of the problem was the, the ick factor. Basically, we're drinking our own poo water. <laughs> and so there's this ick factor around the project. And he'd had this project idea for years and years. And uh, people were not interested because we don't want to drink water that's had our poo in it. And so anyway, because of this, it got installed. The water reuse project happens. And so it's, it's installed temporarily. We had these big black pipes running from Wichita Falls all the way out to Lake Arrowhead. I mean, you could see them. They were right there. And so then at the plant, um, there's all kinds of, I don't know, there's a, a big UV filter now. Anyway, there's several filters to get particulates out. Anyway, they, they, <laughs> they literally clean the crap out of the water. And, so, and it's tasty water, too. And so, of course... You know, it's permanently installed now, and so we use it pretty regular, and that's kind of what's helping us get through this drought um, right now. And so it's, you know, it's good stuff. And Daniel has flown all over the world doing uh, seminars about the water reuse project, places that don't have as much water, Middle East, stuff like that. But I'll tell you locally, we had a lot of fun in it, um, or a lot of fun with it. Uh, I even had a t-shirt that said, Wichita Falls. We put the number two in H2O. <laughs> so anyway, a lot of folks say that our best commodity here is oil, but I really think it's water. Water is kind of the big thing. We've got so many people moving to the state that water usage has really gone up. And so um, that's something that I think we're definitely going to see a lot in the future. I'll tell you what, though, when the rain came back in 2015 and filled our lakes to 100% capacity, like it happened almost overnight. It was just crazy. Just the rain rolled in, you know, just boom, and there we were. So here in Wichita Falls, there was even a watch party for when the uh, water went over the dam out at Lake Wichita. It was on the news and everything. Like it was a big deal. And I know it sounds stupid, but man... We were super happy to see that happen. And it was a big deal. And, uh, you know, because it took a while for all that runoff and everything to make it to these lakes and fill it up. But uh, it was a big deal here. And it was definitely a big deal across the state because tons of people were affected by that. So let's jump to another one that's that was kind of a big deal that really didn't happen that long ago. The Great Snowstorm of 2021. So 
this was really just a huge storm. It, it was just, it was wild. Nothing, nothing like that we'd seen. It affected a huge part of the United States and it hit Texas really particularly hard. Uh, Oklahoma too. But it actually wasn't one storm. It was actually three that happened back to back to back on February 10th, 13th, and 15th. And, and really, the problem was it triggered this huge energy infrastructure failure, which left hundreds of thousands of people in the state without power. So again, we've talked about, you know, the power grid here in Texas. It's on its own. We are actually connected, I guess, from what I understand, to New Mexico and even part of Mexico now, but it's like pretty few and far between. And so we weren't able to pull power from there, you know, as we needed to. But we had talked before about how we're our own power grid, and we still are. Um, But I guess we are connected so that we can provide power out of state, but we normally don't bring it in, I guess, which also keeps federal regulators out. But anyway... Um, I know tons of people, at least here in Wichita Falls, that went to their neighbors um, or family if they had generators just to keep warm. Um, There were people that were without power that were just using their wood-burning fireplaces. Um, We actually left and went to my folks' place um, that we call the ranch and uh, Howling Coyote Ranch. Um, We left because we didn't lose power. We're actually not far from United Regional Hospital here in town. And we're on the same grid as them. And so we never lost power at our house, but we did lose water. The brand new water line that we'd put in, I don't know, 2019, 2020, is laid on the ground underneath our house. And apparently it got cold enough underneath the house that it froze. So without water, we loaded up and headed to my folks' place. Now my folks lost power like crazy. But they have a big old giant diesel generator, and uh, we were all good. So we ended up spending a little over a week with them um, before we could even get back into Wichita Falls, back to our house, where me and my wife crawled under our house with uh, hair dryers (laughs) to unfreeze our water lines. Uh, Hair dryers and aluminum foil. Doesn't get more redneck than that. You're welcome. So I'll tell you what, though, the sound of water flowing out of our faucets was just, ah, it's what I imagine heaven like. (laughs) And we would have jumped up and down and done the happy two-step, except we were under the house. And uh, yeah, so anyway, we came back out and reveled in the glory of water flowing out of the faucet. And then I realized that I needed to go work on the water heater. We do have a tankless hot water heater out on our back porch and the water line had frozen to it. And so I had to go work on it while my wife stood there in the house, in the warmth, waiting for the hot water to come on. And then the hot water comes on. She immediately runs upstairs, takes a shower. (laughs) Anyway, so the whole power grid going down um, was blamed on all kinds of things. Um... They blamed it on frozen wind turbines and solar panels because they provide actually a fair amount of energy for our grid. Of course, you know, if the solar panels are covered in snow, that's a problem. Um, They said the wind turbines got so cold that the uh, lubrication froze. Um, Some blamed busted lines, uh, power lines in large parts of the state. But realistically, it comes down to it was probably caused uh, some of it by power plants going down due to the weather and 
the some of the oil, gas, coal, whatever you know those power plants use, because um, we use them all. Um, they weren't getting the fuel they need, so that was some of it. Um, but realistically, it was probably just caused a lot by the high usage demand. I mean, we had a huge demand, and because uh, everybody was trying to keep warm. So damages have been estimated at $195 billion and there have been anywhere from 246 to 702 deaths attributed to these winter storms. So uh, basically, if you're coming to Texas, be prepared. I feel like I've heard that before. feels like it's the motto of something, you know, hmm, maybe the Boy Scouts, be prepared. Anyway, uh, you know, Texas is not a winter state, obviously. So even small snow or ice storms can really shut us down for a while. So, you know, be prepared. Be, be, be prepared, the motto of the Boy Scouts. Be, be, be prepared, the motto of the Scouts. <laughs> there you go. There's a whole song about it. Yes, that's the Boy Scout motto. Be prepared. So now what you guys have all been waiting for, Satan's Storm. So hang on to your hats. Satan's Storm was unlike any other weather event in really Texas history at the time. This type of storm is rare because it demands very specific and kind of unusual atmospheric conditions and they all must converge kind of at the same time. And so, um, and that happened in 1960. So Texans are no strangers to the heat, of course, and to survive and thrive in Texas, you must be able to cope with Countless triple digits day each year, which we've done this year. Um, thought we were going to die this weekend, but we didn't. And so knowing that residents of this small town dubbed the heat burst event on June 15th, 1960, Satan's storm should put it into perspective just how traumatic um, this night was to live through for some of these folks. So... Late that night on June 15th, a complex of summer storms was really kind of raging through the area, which being June, most people are probably happy about because, you know, rain. And so as a very large and mature system kind of came up closer to the town, this powerful storm encountered what they call rapid de-amplification because of a collision with drier air aloft so normally rain that encounters very dry air will cool through the latent heat absorption in this case though all the precipitation that schooled that cooled the air aloft was vaporized as it hit the dry air very very high aloft and suddenly it was much 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 more dense than the surrounding air so it rapidly fell and sped towards the surface at close to 80 miles an hour so again heat bursts are really really rare because they have to have such you know specific atmospheric conditions and they all aligned on you know this summer night in central texas so shortly after midnight this column of air plummets rapidly towards the ground and of course it warms really fast because of the compression you know as you compress things they tend to heat up there's the science teacher coming out and it hits the ground at this super heated air kind of like a convection oven 
it hits the ground as superheated wind at 140 degrees plus. Okay? That's unreal. So the temperature spikes, the dew point plummets, and the boiling winds just howl. Townspeople sprung from their beds. They're gasping in this sweltering heat. Uh, Panicking, they wrap their children up in wet towels and bed sheets. Hopefully from water, not pee. (laughs) That's my thought. Uh, They wrap their kids up, and, and it was so fiery hot that people actually thought it was the end of the world. They, they thought it was Armageddon literally happening and it stayed this hot with the winds howling and everything for four hours. I, I can't tell you. I mean, that's, that is terrifying y'all, but wait, there's more. So crops withered corn was literally cooked on its stalks in the pasture. Um, leaves were all shriveled up on the trees like they had been baked from the inside out. One farmer reported that 140 acres of his cotton burned to a state of being crispy. Crispy cotton. It's also said that automobile radiators reached boiling points that night. Although, I don't know, that one's a little hard to believe because a lot of vehicles run at 200 degrees. And even back then they did. So... Yeah, I mean, but I mean, for corn to be cooked in the field, for cotton to be cooked, basically to to being crispy, that's crazy. So luckily, you know, for Kapurl, Texas, which is close to present day Lake Whitney, it hasn't seen history repeat itself. Um, You know, thankfully, hopefully they, you know, never will happen again. So although heat bursts are really, really rare, they do appear to happen more often than I thought. I did a little more research on it. Um, not quite to the extreme of Kapurl, um, but one did hit Hobart, Oklahoma in July 2016 and raised the temperature uh, in just a few minutes, 25.2 degrees from 80 degrees to 105. Now keep in mind, I mean, this isn't like throughout the day. This is in a period of like 10 minutes or less. Boom, goes up. Uh, another in 2008 hit Sioux Falls, South Dakota. It raised the temperature 31 degrees from 70 to 101. Uh, in 2008, also one hit Midland, Texas, which raised the temp 26 degrees from 71 to 97. Now you may look at it and go, oh, Mike, it's just 97 degrees, not triple digits. But yeah, I mean, imagine being out in, in you know, your shorts and flip flops on a lovely evening and then this wind hits and in a period of just a few minutes boom it's 97 degrees that sucks that would scare me hell i would think satan was coming for me now one thing i would like to note about satan's storm in kapurl is the official temperature is written down as 100 degrees so where did they get the 140 and that was interesting. I only found one, and it's it's kind of stupid. It's like this little side note. Um, several people had thermometers that were designed to detect up to 140 degrees in Kapurl, and they were all broken. 
the mercury had hit the top and literally blown it out. And so with the estimated damage to crops, houses, machinery, cars, all that kind of stuff, they really, they really do think that it hit 140 degrees plus. But because there's nothing that actually did measure the temperature, um, that's why the official high temperature, which we talked about in another podcast, uh, is not this 140-something degrees. So there you go. Yeah, so that's crazy. Hopefully we never hit 140 degrees again because I can tell you 115 this weekend sucked. But, you know, it is what it is. So there you go. Once upon a time, the weather sucked in uh, Caperl, Texas. And you heard about it right here on Once Upon a Time in Texas. Of course, I want to thank our sponsors again, me and American Mortgage Company. Keep in mind, if you know someone moving to or in Texas, send them my way. Y'all can find me at themichaelmitchell.com. That's T-H-E, michaelmitchell.com. And remember, I sell dreams, not mortgages. I love making people laugh and smile. And of course, I like helping people get into homes of their own. So thank you all for tuning in to Once Upon a Time in Texas. As always, remember, the stars at night are big and bright, deep in the heart of Texas. Y'all have a great week.